0: It's back, part three of Are You Making These Podcast Mistakes? Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting Sense. 2005, I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is where I help you plan, launch, grow, and monetize your podcast. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER. It's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R if you are spelling challenged as I am. uh, When you go to schoolofpodcasting.com, that'll save you on either a monthly or yearly subscription. And if you are new to the show, I work for a podcast media hosting company. They're called Libsyn. That is short, by the way, for Liberated Syndication. And I see things from time to time that, well, they make me scratch my head. And I call these low-hanging fruit. Now, the other thing is I'm also scouring the internet for resources for podcasters. And I've Seen some that have been pretty handy. I mean, there are things like Alphonic is pretty cool. My podcast reviews is really cool if you want to keep up with all your reviews. And I've seen company after company download Apple's database of podcasters. You know, they'll basically go out to Apple Podcasts, download it, and then just spam the bejesus out of you. And it'll usually be something like this: "We really like your show, and we want to feature you on blah blah blah." And so today. I thought we'd do a couple of things. We're going to talk about common podcasting mistakes. And we're also going to talk about weeding out things that are not always entirely. What's the word there? Accurate. How's that? How's that for one? So let's start off with one. And I see this on occasion and there are times when this is okay. We should probably play that fun filled jingle. The following is an opinion and only an opinion. And I play that because, in reality, there are no rules in podcasting, but I do feel there are some best practices. So what I like to do with situations like this is I tell you my opinion, I tell you what I'm basing this on, and then you either go, yeah, that's a good point, or you go, ah, he's full of crap. And the first one, and I've, I have looked at my part one and part two, and I kind of half brought this up, but I'm going to bring it up again. And that is get a website address. I think that's the bare minimum. And I'm not sure people are aware. And it's only $17 a year, if not cheaper, a year. That's $1.40 a month. That's less than a bottle of Mountain Dew per month to have a domain name. So what I'm talking about is you could have the website website on your media host. So if that's Libsyn or Captivate or Buzzsprout or whoever it is, you're using Blueberry, et cetera, et cetera. But you can have a domain that points at that. And so think about the last time you bought something on the internet. Cause if you're buying something from the internet, that means you probably trust that website. Cause you're putting in credit card information and things like that. And I simply ask a question, was that website a subdomain? Cause sometimes it would be like, blah, 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 dot Dot And I'm like, look, that's fine. If you're a school and you don't have any money and it's only for a six week project and things like that. And so that's called a subdomain. So it'd be like, you know, school of Now, would you feel more confident buying from school of com or school Would you rather go to bestpodcastinggear.squarespace.com or bestpodcastinggear.com? For me, I feel more confident. I feel like the site I'm going to is kind of in it to win it a little more if they've put out the dollar 41 a month to get a domain name. And it's super easy. Now, I use coolerwebsites.com because that's my GoDaddy reseller site, but you can get Domain names in all sorts of places. So that's why I think that. Which one makes you feel like, oh, these people are legit? A subdomain like bestpodcastinggear.squarespace.com or a domain name that points at their Squarespace site, bestpodcastinggear.com. And yes, that is my website, by the way. So that would be one that I'm like, come on, let's cough up the dollar forty one 41 and let's get a domain name. Pointing at something that you own. And that's the beauty of having a domain name. You can point that at anything. So you can point it at your your media host, you can point it at a Facebook page. You could I wouldn't do that. Boy, Facebook. Boy, did they have a fun week, huh? Ugh. Anyway, so that would be to me low-hanging, a dollar forty a month, easily to rectify kind of stuff. So now another one is, and right now I am doing some research. And I'm not even going to play the Invisible Sky Buddy uh, thing here. I'm I'm looking into why churches work and why churches don't work. Like, how do they grow? Because it's really kind of the same thing as a podcast or a business, right? You have your target audience. Are you meeting their needs? And a lot of churches, for lack of a better phrase, go out of business because they're doing the same thing they've always been doing. And that's why we do it. Or we've never done it that way. And I see a lot of people taking that strategy of like, well, everybody else is doing it this way, so it must be right, instead of, is this having the effect I wanted to have on my audience? And that is, I have to use a clip of the interview to start the show. And if you think about this, this is actually starting in the middle of a conversation. So if it kind of feels like you walked into the middle of a conversation, it's because you did And that can lead to confusion. And I was listening to a movie review podcast this week, and they started off with really fairly long clips to the point where I was like, did I miss the intro? No, I take that back. I take that back. They did say this is the yada, yada, yada movie podcast. And then they just started playing clips. But I didn't know. The movie that was being reviewed, they didn't set it up. I mean, if you think about it, if you watch a talk show like Jimmy Fallon or any of the other Jimmies, and they usually say, oh, I'm here with big star so-and-so, and and they're in a new movie. Why don't you set up this clip? Well, in this clip, I play this loser who's doing the thing and blah, 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 and hijinks ensues. And then they roll the clip. This is just, bam, here's a clip. And here's another one. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm listening to. And the bottom line is... You want that little clip to make you think, ooh, I want to hear more of that. A great example of this is my buddy Scott Johnson over what was com. His intro, he took a bunch of clips from his previous episodes and put them into his intro with like this dramatic kind of sounding music and stuff. And I'm the one guy's like, I just told him. If you do it again, I was going to kill you or something like that. But it was like, Ooh, that guy seems a little upset. And one lady says, I walked in and he was hanging from the rafters. And you're like, Joe. So all sorts of things. You're like, wait, what? And that's really what you're looking for. You want these. It's a tease, not so much like a Nana, Nana, Nana kind of tease, but a tease of like, Hey, I want to hear more of this. Wait, what are they talking about? And why I feel again, going back to my opinion, Why this whole I must pull a clip from my interview is it's not that it's a bad idea. It's not efficient. And the people that do this really well have teams of people doing it. Now, are you on a team? If so, keep on doing it. If you are a one-person army, then think about this. If you just interviewed somebody for 57 minutes, that means you now, as unless you do one of two things, if you're editing your own stuff, and please edit your interviews, along the way, keep in your head, you're looking for that golden nugget so that when you hear it, you can make that separate clip. That would make sense because you're editing it there anyway. But what I hear is somebody will will send it to an editor, and then they have to listen to the whole interview again, even though it's edited, for that golden clip. And I'm just like, that sounds like a lot of time spent to find the perfect... 12-second clip, whatever it is, and I'm like, look, you were there. You interviewed the guest. Couldn't you just say, hey, on today's show, we're going to interview, you know, Charles McWeeny uh, about his magic blah, blah, blah. Boy, you know what? You don't want to say magic around the word weenie. That's not a good idea. And, you know, but on today's show, we learned how he did this and that, or we interviewed so-and-so and she did this. Just tell people, hey, wait till you hear. I talked to so and so and it was really cool. Don't give away what they did and how to do it. But again, it's a tease. And I just, when I hear that to me, I go, wow, that sounds really inefficient. Now, the way, again, you can make that efficient if you're the person editing, then listen for that golden nugget. Then you're like, ooh, that's it. That's a good intro one. But if you're not, either A, tell your editor, find something. Now, the, the problem is, I don't want to say problem. The potential issue is your editor may be editing there for technical things. They're leveling out the audio. They're removing hiss. They're getting rid of the obvious things that aren't the interview. But now you're asking them to judge content, and some editors are going to be really good at that, and some of them are going to like I don't I don't know. Like for me, I'll give you an example. I interview or I interview. I edit a show for a bunch of literally brain surgeons. And half the stuff they're talking about, I have no idea what they're talking about. So consequently, asking me to pull out the really enticing clip for the beginning of the interview, I would be horrible at that. So keep that in mind. That's one, because the, the bottom line is we're going to kind of talk about this and in your intro. You, you kind of want it really to bring people in and get them going. And that's the next thing I'm going to talk about here. And that is the start of your show should be building momentum. Now, the reason this is really key now here in 2021 is recently Apple kind of redid their Apple Podcasts app. And right now it's around 55 to 60% of people listen on an Apple device. Now, that button in Apple Podcasts used to say subscribe. It's now an itty bitty plus sign that says follow, but it's got a big old button that says listen, which means you've got a very small amount of time to get them thinking, woo, I want to hear more. We're going to talk about that phrase a little more as we go forward. But I listened to an episode this week that had some music at the beginning before they started talking. And you're like, okay, well, how much music? 30 seconds. And while that doesn't sound long, I'm pretty sure, you know what? I'm going to play something here in a second, 30 seconds. You almost instantly go, wait, Shouldn't somebody be talking right now? It's something I love to call music for the sake of nothing. And so let me give you an idea of how this would sound if I started off my show like that. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. This is 10 Seconds. Shouldn't somebody be talking... This is 20 seconds and 30 seconds. Welcome to the school. It's ridiculous. So let's play with this a little bit. I found some music. It goes a little something like this. Boom. I could start talking about there and consider that the intro, but also realize we could do this. See, I'm going to come in right here. That's so quick. In fact, let's take the second to talk about this week's advertiser, Novel Marketing. A lot of podcasters, they plan on writing a book, but they don't know where to start. And again, Novel Marketing Podcast is the place to go. Thomas can help you. And we've been talking about the Ten Commandments of book marketing, and they actually apply a lot to podcasting. In fact, when I interviewed my audience, 90% of you, well, almost 90% of you, wanted to write a book. And so the fifth commandment is basically dig the well before you're thirsty. And that applies so much to both writing a book because you have to pace yourself, you have to work on your book and things like that. And it also works with podcasting. If you are thinking of starting a podcast in 22 or writing a book in 2022, you should start working on it now. So for more information, you can go over to novelmarketing.com or if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash author. And if you need a third way to do it, why not? Just go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 796. And speaking of that, I have no idea what I'm doing for 800, if anything. If anybody goes, oh, you should do this for your 800th episode, I'm open to ideas cuz after doing this 7 times I'm kind of like I'm never going to beat episode 400 which is the infamous Binky and the Wiz episode. Let's get back to these mistakes. We were talking about how your show should start off with momentum and we heard where I just kicked right in after that little wicka wicka wicka. It you don't have to have a toll and for the record of course, you don't have to have music. If you want, you can just start off and saying Hey, this is the School of Podcasting. This week, we're going to talk about yada, yada, yada. And really, don't overthink your intro. All you need to do is introduce the show, what it's about, kind of who it's for. On today's episode, we're going to talk about blah. And that's about all you need to do. The other thing about having a lot of music at the beginning of your show, the infamous music for the sake of nothing, is while we always think about that brand new listener that's kind of why we give them the roadmap because after you've heard it i mean if you are a regular listener to the show you know this is where i plan launch and grow your podcast so you've heard that but on the other hand what if that was music and 30 seconds of music that you're like yeah well that's where you would go into your app if you have them i use overcast and i can say like when i listen to conan o'brien i think it starts at the eight minute mark and people are just going to skip your intro because they don't want to have to listen to that song again. Look, Stairway to Heaven is a great song, but I really don't need to hear it or half of ACDC's Back in Black ever again. I've just heard it enough. And so we're talking about people listening for the first time, but we really, if you think about it, we want them to listen the second and third and fourth, and they want to tell a friend. And we need to start thinking about that and, You know, it's tough to get people to listen. Really, creating the podcast is the easy part. Getting them to listen is the part that's like, ugh, where's my audience? And one of the things I see people are missing is the follow and subscribe. Last Saturday, somebody in a Facebook group said, I don't understand why I'm only getting 14 downloads. And for the record, that's kind of normal. When you start off, if you add your cousins, let's see, mom, dad, sis, brother, yep, 14 would include the cousins. And I went to their website and there was no way. And by that, I mean zero ways to follow or subscribe to their show. And you see, when you follow and subscribe to their show, in most apps, you can set it to where it will automatically download that episode to your show. I don't believe Spotify does that. Spotify, you can follow people, they have that follow, Apple has it. But when you follow an Apple, it automatically downloads. I can go into Overcast and I can subscribe in Overcast and have it automatically download. With this in mind, you want to have links on your website to at least Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. Those are the top four. But keep this in mind. I just had someone, as I was recording this, a musician friend of mine, just sent me his new CD that I've kind of been waiting for. He's been working on it for years, and it just sounded amazing, like butter for your ears, like butter. I mean, like butter. It was like, holy cow. And I immediately, after he sent me an email that said, hey, you can download it. It's in a Dropbox here. And the minute I hit play, I was like, I can't imagine. His name is Slough, Long time podcasters will recognize that name. He was the engineer out of New York that organized the, what if every day was Christmas. We had a whole bunch of podcasters actually do our own kind of, we are the world thing, but that's another story for another time. And I heard his music and I was like, wow, does this sound great? And I went to my email and I replied back to the email he sent to me. And I said, wow, this sounds amazing. And why did I do that? Because I really felt emotionally like holy cow. And because it was email and because it was simple, I simply hit reply and did that. I was listening to the podcasting 2.0 show. And Dave Jones shared a very personal story that showed a lot of vulnerability and as that show is enabled for value for value, I ran, I did not walk to my phone And I boosted him some crypto coin, which you can do if your show was on value for value. If you go to newpodcastapps.com, if you listen to this show on one of those apps, you can actually boost this show and send me some crypto. This is your friendly boost reminder. It's time to boost. 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 So in both those stories, the musician friend and the Dave Weiner being Dave Weiner, Dave Jones being vulnerable. It played on my emotions and it's a little bit like when you go to the checkout line at the grocery store and Holy cow, look at the donuts and the gum and the candy and the Reese's pieces and the Reese's cups and the Reese, whatever. I think they're going to start making cars out of Reese's. It just, everything is now Reese's it's peanut butter and chocolate everywhere. But why do they put those there for emotional buys? And if you think about it now, I've been saying, make sure people can subscribe and follow on your website. I'm now putting subscribe and follow links in the episode. I want them just like the checkout line. I want them to go to the show notes. And if they're not a follower or subscriber, I'm going to have a link to Apple, Google, Spotify, and Amazon so that when they go, wow, that was a really good episode. And they heard me say, Hey, if you like this show, you can follow and subscribe for free. The links are in the show notes. Why not do that? Because if you've tied into them emotionally, put those, make it one click away. All they have to do is look at the episode notes. But Dave, can I just say, find my podcast where all fine podcasts are listened to? You can, but you better make sure when you go to Apple and type in your name, that's easy to spell and it's not all one word and it, it doesn't have the word podcast in your title. That was in the last version of Common Podcast Mistakes. Most search in podcast apps is bad. And by that, I mean, it's awful. It's junk. It is caca, a poo-poo. So you don't want to say, find me. Don't say, find me. Say, I'm right here. Click the button, follow, and subscribe. In a minute, I'm going to talk about some of the dirty things that are going on in podcasting. But right now, I want to talk about the last mistake that I see people make. And this is another one I slightly hinted on in a previous version, but that one was a long time ago. And that is the About page. I have tracking things on my website so I can see what the most popular things are. And one of the most popular things on my website is the About page. And if you think about it, there are three paragraphs that could be on your website and realize that we are all different. Again, there are no rules, but one of them could be about your business. So if your website is a business that also has a podcast, maybe that about the business is the first paragraph because people go there and they go, Oh, look, it's a business. Like, I don't know, my podcast reviews and they click on the about page and it explains how, you know, what the business does. So there's that. Then you could also have a, another paragraph. About your podcast and who it's for and how they will benefit. So that might be used. That might be the first paragraph if your website is primarily for your podcast and maybe you have some services and such, but primarily it's a podcast when you go there. And people should be able to figure that out when they go to your website. Hopefully, within 10 seconds of looking at it, they go, Oh, this is a website about blah, yah, yada, yada, blah. And then the last paragraph that you can add is about the host or hosts and why they should listen to you or what your background is or any kind of street cred that they go, ooh, this person seems to know what they're talking about. And so I can't say you should have all three of those because maybe your show doesn't have any kind of business to it. It's just a podcast. Well, then have the about podcast be that first paragraph. So it really depends on the priority of the website will dictate. But if your podcast, if your website is a business, you might want to have that about the business there. If you're using a podcast to market your show, then maybe the second paragraph should be the about the podcast. And then the third paragraph is about the hosts. And if you go, but Dave, I'm already listed on the team page. There's no rule that says you can't be listed on more than one page because maybe this person is never going to make it to the team page. Their mindset is what the heck am I looking at? And being that as I record this, it is October 2021, and we have that whole Halloween spooky stuff going on, I thought we would talk about things that maybe we should pull back the curtain on. When I was five years old, my older brother and older sister talked my mom into taking them to a haunted house, and uh, they dragged me along. And so, as you might imagine, I was a little frightened Going in now by the end of it, I was screaming at the monsters and and actually it was fun because people were laughing because this cute little boy was saying things back to the monster and when I realized that I could get people to laugh, well, gay on. But it still kind of freaked me out for a while. I, I had a hard time going to these haunted houses. In fact, in my twenties, I actually ended up working at one. That was kind of fun. But I want to kind of dispel some of these spooky things and and let you realize in the same same way that you go, oh, that's not really, you know, Satan. That's a guy in a rubber mask. Right. So let's talk about these because things aren't always as they seem. I guess we could also call this how to spot a a guru or a bad guru. There are people who legit have New York Times bestselling books. And there are others who state to be an Amazon bestseller. And if you want some proof, check this out. My book, Profit From Your Podcast, which you can find at profitfromyourpodcast.com. In fact, I'll even autograph one for you if you want it. But here's a fun one. I'm going to say this with a straight face. Profit From Your Podcast was the number one new release on Amazon. That sounds really impressive, doesn't it? The number one new release on Amazon. Yes, it is. And I'm not lying until I add one little piece of information that it just so happens that I forgot to say, oh, no, not on the front page, in the blogging category. Yeah. And I've been approached by people asking me to help them, you know, get their show up and going. Then that's fine. And that's what I do, right? I mean, that's what I love to help people do, but I was really surprised this one time because this person needed help submitting their show to Apple, Google, Spotify, and all the other fine places that you submit your show. And I was listening to their first episode and I'm not making this up. It started off on their very first episode. Welcome to the number one podcast on whatever their topic was. And I thought to myself, that's odd because this hasn't even been released yet. And according to this person, they were already number one. So if you see someone on YouTube or, you know, a podcast say, hey, I'm the number one podcast about blah, yeah, yeah. Mm, you know, we need to kind of start asking, can you kind of share the credentials on that? So with that said, let me pull back the curtain, not that that it's all about me, But when at the beginning of the show, I said, I'm an award-winning. Well, let's explain that. That is courtesy of podcastawards.com, the People's Choice Podcast Awards. And I won Best Technology Podcast in 2017 and 2020. And when I say Hall of Fame Podcaster, I'm referring to the Academy of Podcasters that I believe now is associated with podcast movement. I was inducted in 2018. I've got a video of the acceptance speech if you need it. But I'm starting to think that we need to start saying, yeah, can you show me the credentials on that? Because I, I did an episode probably a couple months ago about how I really think the word truth is under fire because nobody's saying, can you show me how you came to that conclusion? Because if you do, in a loving kind of nurturing kind of way, like, I'd not, I'd like to know more about that, please. Then you don't sound so much like I'm trying to cancel you because there are people like, how dare you question my, of course, I'm the number one podcast. So we need to start maybe asking people like I was listening to a major news outlet and they quoted an anonymous Twitter person. And I was like, I'm sorry, that's not good enough. That could be some 13 year old kid in the basement. And that's where I was saying, I think podcasters can beat the media at their own game. If we start sharing so people don't have to ask us, Hey, where did you get that information that you reported on? If we say, here it is. One of my favorites on this is Jen Briney from congressional dish. She's like, Hey, everything. And she has this way of having it open up the PDF right to the page and all sorts of stuff. And she's like, if you find something wrong, please let me know. So she's very open to a discussion, but I'm just here to tell you that, there are things I see that I go, huh. And here's another one, Uh, because, you know, podcasting is hot. It is super hot right now. And consequently, as the old saying goes, follow the money. So if people think there is money, there's gold in them their hills. I'm going to become one of them, their podcaster gurus. Yeehaw! And they run off to the West to make a lot of money. And that's the thing I'm going to ask you to do. And, of course, you're saying, Dave, you're saying this because you're a podcast guru. Yes, but here's something you can do with me. If you type in Dave Jackson podcast, you're going to find one. And I saw someone that was, you know, saying, oh, again, I'm the number one podcast, blah, blah and I'm this and I'm that, and I'm like, uh, look at me and blah, blah, blah. And then I typed in their name, space, podcast, and there wasn't anything. Oh, and I know what you're thinking. Hey, Dave, if you rewind about... I don't know. Fifteen seconds. You just told me that search in podcast apps is caca poo poo, and I would say you are correct. And that's why I went to Google. I typed in this supposed guru's name and said first name last name podcast, and I got zilch. And since we're talking about things, don't always appear as they seem. Let's talk monthly stats. Now, this is something I've talked about on this show. I'm going to do this briefly here. And I looked at one month I had for the School of Podcasting at 24,000 downloads in one month. Now, if you are new to the show or new to podcasting, you're like, wait, monthly, Dave does a weekly show. 24,000 divided by one a week is 6,000 downloads per episode. Holy cow. Except that's not true because... 66%, 66% of my downloads for that month were from episodes that were not released in that month. Only 34% of the shows. And in this case, it was July. And Dave, why did you pick July? Because it had the bigger number. We love big numbers. But nonetheless, realize that monthly stats are really, and this again goes back to my opinion, a great barometer of how well your back catalog is doing. Because when people find your show and they go, holy cow, and then they go to those subscribe buttons and follow buttons that you put in your episode notes, they're going to go, wow, this is so good. And they'll start to download your back catalog. But I say that because realize that when people quote stats They're always going to talk monthly stats, and it's always interesting because the number that really counts is how many downloads do you get after 30 days per episode? And so you'll see people say things like, hey, I can triple your downloads per month. Well, I can do that too. If you're doing one episode a week, I think I mentioned this last week, just do two more. Do three a week, and you will triple your downloads. So be very, very careful about that. And the same thing with if somebody says, I can boost your subscribers. Well, yes, there are farms on the other side of the planet where you can hire people and pay them peanuts to basically subscribe to your show all day. So and if you think about that, those are just ego numbers. You're feeding your ego instead of feeding your audience. Something else that doesn't appear as it seems is if you are a new podcast company, you should listen to this right now. And I mentioned this at the very beginning of the show. I wanted to kind of revisit it here. And that is they will go to Apple Podcasts. They will download the entire catalog along with your email address that's in your feed. They will scrape out all the emails and they will send you something that sounds like this. Hey, we just noticed they didn't use your first name. Hey, we just discovered your show. Don't tell you which one if you have more than one. And we think you're great. We've added your show. To insert crappy podcast directory and click here to claim it and get all sorts of other stuff and realize that all the stuff that they're going to tell you, you can get, you can get from any podcast directory. It's really nothing special. And it sure makes you feel special. Like, wow, somebody really likes my, eh, that's probably it's and what gets me is every company that tries this. We all talk to each other where podcasters, we like to talk to each other and somebody will go, Hey, did you get an email from verbal? Yep. So did I, so did I, so did I. And what I hate then is then three days later you get the, Hey, in case you missed it email, we wanted to let you know. We let, uh, <sighs> So when you see that not to pump your, you know, pop your balloon, but uh no, you, you know, you, you haven't been selected because your show is great. great. And, as I look at this, I'm like, well, this is kind of a downer to end on. And that is there are no silver bullets. When somebody comes across and says, Hey, here's this one thing. We see this all the time and we just want to believe it. How many times have we seen you can, all you have to do is buy this product. You won't have to change the way you eat you won't have to exercise more, and just based on this miracle product, you will lose weight. And none of them work. And it's the same way. Going back to things like clamor, headliner, uh, audio, all the audiogram things. Look, I'm not saying those don't help in some way, but my whole thing is: Have we heard somebody say, "Well, because I put out audio snippets of my show, it grew by X amount of pr- I haven't seen somebody that says I owe it all. To audiograms and again I'm not saying that snippets are horrible I'm just saying I haven't seen someone say it doubled my audience so also do you guys remember clubhouse do you remember how clubhouse was gonna kill podcasting yeah this happens a lot every about every I don't know six to nine months something will come along and it's going to kill podcasting and I'm here to say yeah how's that going for you Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just keep in mind, and, and really, this is the same for anything, whether you're an author, an athlete, an actor, a musician. There typically isn't a magic bullet unless your last name is Stallone and you're one of his daughters. That might help just a teensy little bit. But in the end, that might get people to look at you. If we go back to, but are they going to follow and subscribe? October 22nd is the deadline to get your answer in for the question of the month. And this month is a little different because I've kind of told you my position on this. And that is when somebody does an interview, some people go back to the very beginning of a person's story And my thought is, look, if you came on to talk about something that you did six months ago, I'm not really sure I need to know that your dog's name was Sparky and the whole story. So obviously you've heard kind of my side of the story. What I'm trying to hear is, do you agree with that? Does that bore you or am I missing something? Is there something that I'm not getting that you are? So please know this is not a, hey, let's agree with Dave. Actually, I would like it almost more. If you didn't, because I'm trying to understand why people do it, because for me, again, in my opinion, I don't get it. So if you go to school question, you can leave your audio answer there. I just need it by the twenty-second of October, two thousand and twenty-one so that I can play it on Monday the twenty-fifth. Again, the website, schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. Wanted to tip you to a book. If you are a fan of Nirvana or just good stories, I just got done listening to the storyteller tales of life and music by Dave Grohl. Now for the record, if you're a huge Nirvana fan, he kind of whips through the whole Nirvana thing. You hear about the first album and then you hear about Kurt Cobain dying and not a whole lot in between, but he has a lot of stuff in there about Foo Fighters and things like that. And I liked the book I'm, I'm not a huge, I like the Foo Fighters. I was an eh, okay fan of Nirvana. But just the way the stories are crafted, I actually am probably going to listen to this book again. This is probably not the last time you'll hear me talk about it. Just because I talked about this a couple months ago, or maybe weeks, it's been a while. And that is, anytime I hit stop on this book, I was always wondering what's going to happen next. And so that's why I really liked the book. And when we talk about our podcasts, we kind of want that same reaction. Wait, wait, don't don't hit stop on that yet. I'm listening to it. And that also then, I want to point out, debunks that whole, we have the attention span of a goldfish, which I actually debunked in a previous episode. And that is, I it's a seven hour, I think, audio book. And I listened to it in two days. So again, I say, I don't think we have the attention span of a goldfish, what has grown instead of our attention span shrinking, it's our ability to know when somebody's going to waste our time is now much more sensitive. And I'll have links to that out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash seven nine six. If you are new to Audible, you can go to schoolofpodcasting.com dot slash free book and get that book for free. That is going to do it for this episode. As always, if you're looking to plan, launch, grow or monetize your podcast, come out and visit me at schoolofpodcasting.com/start. Use the coupon code listener to save on either a monthly or yearly subscription. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for joining me on my mission to rid the world of boring podcasts. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. set your show up you know you can listen Ah, crap so look i get why we quote monthly yeah we quote those two and because it was email and it was simple and i already knew it i was evil evil i was evil Mm -hmm. and this is kind of a downer to end on and that is there are no civil there's nope there's none of those either silver bullets